I just want to say this. There is no substitute for winning. I know that's a cliche, but we must win. We will win. Win is the name of the game. The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is Talkin' Cowboys, streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. First down, handoff, Elliott plowing to the goal line, Barry sacked by Lord, Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. Now, your hosts, Mickey Spagnola, Rob Phillips, Everson Walls, and Bill Jones. And there you had it, right off the top. 31 years ago today, Jerry Jones taking over the Dallas Cowboys. February 25th, 1989, and this is Talking Cowboys inside the SWBC Mortgage Studios. Bill Jones with Mickey Spagnola, Heckma Harrison, and Everson Walls. Everson, what did you think on that day 31 years ago today? At that time, I was happy. (laughs) <laughs> when it first went down, I thought this was the best thing that ever happened. He made me a captain. It was the first, uh, uh, the first organization that ever made me a captain in my entire life. Going back to Pee Wee League, high school, <laughs> nothing. And when they made me captain, I'm like, damn it, this is what I've been waiting on. And I'm Everson Walls. I'm from Dallas, Texas. I deserve this. Uh-uh. Where yeah. were you on this day when the announcement was made? I really couldn't tell you, but I can tell you where I was the night before. Uh, I was hanging out with Jerry and and uh, the organization, Jerry and Mrs. Jones, me and my wife. And yeah. We were at Foozies. <laughs> you know, Foozies, you remember Foozies? The oh, restaurant? yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. where we hung out. That's where we hung out. I thought, man, me and Jerry were going to be big buds. <laughs> great friends. Like I'm, I'm a company man now. I don't even know what to, how to act. So yeah, that didn't last long at all. <laughs> but we'll get into more of our memories coming up in just a little bit on what exactly um, uh, our memories of 25 or, or 31 years ago mm-hmm. today, February 25th, 1989. And uh, but there's all sorts of other things going on right now too, including Chris Beam talking in my ear incessantly, and hopefully that <laughs> me will too. end I very, it was just me. very quickly. Yeah. No, I thought, um, I thought that. Talk- <laughs> I'm like I'm not getting I'm not getting paid enough to have all this in my ear. What's going on? You, you thought you were in the XFL, right? Where you, where you got someone talking in your helmet the whole See, thing, oh all the way God. up to here's what you do in your the experience. Ball. You take your headphones right. off. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, there's so much to talk about because the Combine is underway, and we'll break it down this way. How about this? We'll talk, uh, because Stephen talked yesterday. We're going to hear from Stephen coming up here. Um, Talked about the DAC contract, Mm -hmm. all the things going on at the Combine right now. I think this is a great time of the year because this is basically kicks off the offseason. I mean, this is, you know, the agents are also in Indianapolis. Uh, Some work can get done. you got a CBA that needs to get done if the Cowboys are going to do the business they want to get done. And um, so we'll talk about that. what the Cowboys need to do as far as the contracts go and mm-hmm. the CBA, and we'll talk combine. Well, they need to actually start talking. That is right? exactly right. And we will talk as well about our memories from 31 <laughs> years ago. But it's also Fat Tuesday. So I got my purple on. Yeah. 
hey, I got my baby from my king cake. Okay, all right. So I'm, I'm, I'm all the way in. I just had my you my already cream found the baby in the cake. cake. The ba- you know what? They were kind of lazy. His his feet were like hanging out. You know, <laughs> That's you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, they were lazy in making it. Yeah. Like, I, my, me and my daughter was like, oh, there's the baby right there. Oh, okay, <laughs> but it was good. No yeah, suspense. Good. No suspense. Like well, I've already cheated on my diet today. So look, Fat Tuesday, <laughs> we're getting early, out to the right dude. start. Uh-huh. Well, come on, you still. Well, Roxanne Medina bought in donuts, so. I had to have oh, of one. Of course, of course. I think it's National Pancake Day. That was yesterday. All of that. Oh. My, my, my internet told me today oh. was. Well, Good Morning America yeah. had pancakes for everybody, yeah. so I thought so it was. I think it was right. Right. And it, it would make sense on Fat Tuesday yeah, because you fat up you and you're right. fast here Do for the next stack? six weeks. Get a stack. I have of them? not had any today. No, 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 and I won't have any today. What about Margarita Day? That was uh, what Friday? Yes. Yeah. There How drunk go. did you get, Bill? <laughs> <laughs> that's why no one's wife, talking. That's why my wife was drinking so many margaritas on Friday. Um, all right. Stephen Jones talks yesterday, and um, you know this whole CBA thing. It sounds like uh, for the Cowboys to do the business they want to get done with. Dak Prescott and his agent, Todd France, they need to get this CBA done, Mickey. They need it done, but if it gets done, then they're going to lose the transition tag mm-hmm. also. So there's some ramifications for uh, getting it done and not getting it done. Um, the also, but if it gets done, it might wipe out the 30% rule going into the last year of the of official CBA that's hmm. in place. And now. that's what Stephen alluded to yesterday. Right, because um, you can't mess with the base salaries. They can't go up or down by more than 30% from year to year. Okay. So normally when they do these big contracts, they'll they'll tell the player, well, you just got $20 million in a signing bonus, let's say. And so your base salary this year is only going to be $1 million, and that'll help us on the cap. Mm-hmm. But if it's only $1 million this year, then it can only go up 30% the next year. So I think that – does that mean it's $3 million? Or oh, so no the, more, whatever the math is. No more is. juggling numbers so anymore. You, yeah, because <laughs> you can't say, okay, now you get $11 million in 2021. Mm-hmm. So it, it's pretty complicated. So they and it's can't not front as, load or back load the exactly, contracts like they used to. Exactly. Right. And, and a lot of those contracts were always back loaded, mm-hmm. right? Those last years they had money that wasn't guaranteed uh, to – count in the big totals so somebody can say oh i got a 135 million dollar deal when the guarantee is only a hundred and there's 35 million on the back end that's bogus and that also helps the teams with the cap as well right they can kind of play with that exactly right and mickey this is a 10-year deal correct the CBA. it would be a 10-year deal that's what they're looking at and and one of the reasons why the nfl wants to get it done and maybe why the players think they have a little leverage is if they get it done for 10 years, they can start negotiating a TV contract right away and promise the networks, hey, we've got 10 years uh, of a collective bargain agreement, so we're not in jeopardy of any strike or anything like that. And the players and then allows them to ask for more money exactly. on the contract. And especially if you get a 17th game, right? Because yeah. now you've got more revenue coming mm-hmm. in. You've got more product to, to give them. So there's a lot of things behind the scenes. But the players the don't scenes. get paid per game. 
they would get paid one now that would turn it to one that's seven, one of the one of the sticking points right perhaps because they're mm-hmm. saying that 17th game uh they're they're maxing it as a, as the current agreement is is put together it max out at 250 for that last game 250,000 right. for the last game so you would get paid one seventeenth through the first 17 weeks and then that last week, everybody gets two. That's for existing 000. contracts. Okay, yeah, for, there you go. for for players who would be under contract when that would take effect, which at the earliest would be not 2020 but 2021. So the the player reps, I think they're they're or the executive committee mm-hmm. on the NFLPA with the players will meet with the owners today. Yeah, uh, it's supposed when, to happen later this afternoon. When they voted initially, it was six five not to agree to it, and so there's mm, a lot of close. questions. Yeah, a lot okay. of questions yeah. that the owners are going to have to answer. And, and then strictly if, majority, you don't have to have a. If they no, the the they, yeah, and then if they agree, then they'll give it to the players. The it, entire. It's basically league. to recommend it to a vote for for the players. Right. Now there are yeah. a lot of there are a lot of sticking points in this CBA that the players have to pay attention to because it is a ten year deal, and a lot of the guys that's even negotiating the deal won't even be a part, maybe won't be a part of the NFL. So for all of those points, when I was I was reading today that the point, well, the percentage is five five billion dollars, mm-hmm. and the the half is. $2.5 billion. So there are a lot of things at stake. And the one thing that I keep seeing through the media as far as the 17th game, uh, but also, you know, the drug testing part of it, I think that's a major part that a lot of the players have been interested in. But there's way more. I, I think there's way more to the CBA than just the, you know, being drug tested two weeks before uh, OTAs or before the season that these guys have to pay, you know, pay, uh, pay attention to because there's so much hanging in the balance for them. As opposed to like when you were in the in the league in '82 when there was a strike, you know that you have the. I was the living lo- at home with my mom. <laughs> you were living at home with your mom, but the reven- But as far as the revenue, as far as the revenue uh, and the sh- and the sh- network, as far as the sharing now in comparison, we're talking about billions of dollars oh, now. No comparison, even exactly. in regards to the sharing, the percentage. We weren't. I don't think we were sharing in '82. There was nothing about sharing. We were bringing it up, yeah. but it, it had not even come into fruition. I don't believe until 87 is when we really started talking about having the real, it was a reality that we could profit share in some way. You know, Heckman brought up the drug policy, and it significantly changes for marijuana. The, the I was going to ask you if it, if it had any tolerance these, this time in regards the, to the, the times. Yeah, the proposal says it'll narrow the testing window of THC from four months to two weeks at the start of training camp. So even if you're – you're, you're, So rather than at the start of the off-season program. Right, exactly. You're talking, so that tells you when it is. So and not everyone tested serious, either. Unless you got a serious problem, you ought to be able to well, quit. Well, you always knew when it was. Right. Yeah. And now it's yeah. only a two-week window. Right. It also reduces the penalties to players who test positive for THC, eliminating any game suspension for strictly for positive tests. Wow. And, and the, the, the question is, Mickey, would the, the, the players be willing to leverage as, as much as they have on the table right now just for drug testing? I mean, because even for, yes. you know, as far as the insurance is concerned, as far as, you know, guys having insurance coverage after their playing days, I mean, if that's the case— Think about it this way. Okay. The veteran players are thinking like you. The guys that are one, two, three years in the league that think they're playing for another five, <laughs> they ain't worried about that stuff because they're not 
they're not forward thinking. Yeah. Right? They're thinking about, okay, if I'm smoking marijuana today, I, I can play in a month or I'm not going to get punished games. So they're thinking about themselves. The other thing, it also increases the nanogram limit. So it's the – I tried to read up as much as I could. Okay. It's the it's the level – uh, Mickey, um, you're not going to be tested. It's the players. Yeah. Well, I wanted to know what they were doing because the nanogram level limit went from 35. Think about this: 35 to 150. Yeah, and that's per milliliter of blood okay. in your body. Okay. So that's a huge. Ch- and, and what I was reading is 50 is usually kind of the cutoff uh, right. from a uh, driving standpoint mm-hmm. to see if you're intoxicated right. or not. So now it's 150 for the league for you to test positive. So a little more tolerance there. So there's a lot of tolerance. Yeah, and, and I always thought that would be one of the number one sticking points. Wow. Uh, well, when you're talking the about the evolution of our thinking, right. you know, marijuana has always been where it is. We, but, you know, we've just we were thinking about it differently now. A lot more tolerance in regards to not just society, but in regards to medicine. Mm-hmm. You know, so now when you're talking about opioids versus CBD, I thought it'd be even more tolerance and even put something in there to where they might even use it in regards to pain tolerance. And that obviously is is not in there at all. Yeah, yeah. this like I said, when I looked at it and, and they made it about, you know, uh, smoking marijuana and, and just looking at the players, what they have to lose if they make a bad deal. I mean, I guess my, my parents always said youth is wasted on the young, and this would be a bad decision to leverage that much just to be able to smoke pot in the offseason. They have to be forward-thinking uh, about this because they have so much to lose. And the, as far as the guys that played the game before them that had to deal with those stipulations, I know a lot of societal issues and dealing with the optics uh, is a big part of what the NFL is into, but also just thinking about those guys that have played the game that need coverage coverage now when they look back over their careers this that's important and I don't know if they are talking about anything for guys let's say pre-90s guys that actually made the game what it is and so to the average fan that's having to work a job to get drug tested they don't understand a guy that would give up that much just to because again when you look at the CBA and the amount of money that guys would be turning down or getting that your average working Joe doesn't understand why a guy would turn down a contract based off of those numbers because, hey, for me, myself, I shake a coconut out of a tree for a million dollars. <laughs> you know what I mean? Literally see me shaking but, but the you tree. Know what? <laughs> you, 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 really, you really can't look at what, you know, the average working Joe is doing. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't compare football players to that. I mean, that's always been the mistake, Okay. You keep talking about, not not just you, but fans have always said, well, I can't believe they're trying to make this much money. They said that when we were playing. Mm-hmm. You know, True I mean, indeed. That, that's always going to be you were be making there. how much in 1983? In 30. 1983, I made 37 dollars There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm still living so home money. with mom. Still living home with mom. <laughs> so so for, <laughs> for the, uh, the proposal for the former players, uh, retroactive would increase $550 a month for all pre-2012 vested players. So whatever they're getting, it would raise. For 2012, okay. Okay. And then it would also expand pension eligibility to all former players with three credited seasons. Now, I don't know what it used to it's be. It's always been three. Is it always yes. been three? Yes. Okay. Uh, and 
uh, creation of a new network of hospitals in each team city for former players to receive no-cost physicals, preventive care, mental health, counseling, and outpatient orthopedic services coverage uh, common to surgeries to be phased uh, in during the course of the deal. So that's wonderful. That's kind that of is. an increase yeah, for the is. for the uh, former players. So yeah, it's it's pretty comprehensive, and there's a lot to think about other than just uh, increasing the minimum wage by a uh, hundred thousand dollars and the minimum for the rookies ninety thousand. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, if they if the, the the biggest one might be the share, right? It's forty seven percent right now, and now it would go up to as much as forty eight five. Yeah. Uh, so if they sell more for games that are going to be played, a seventeenth game, then that's going to go up too. So right. we'll see what they decide today, and if there's a vote, uh, and this thing you know, could be decided by Thursday. Mm. All right. Uh, how about uh, Dak Prescott? And let's hear from Stephen Jones and what he was saying about Dak Prescott with the possibility of a franchise tag looming over the heads of everybody. Franchise tag, is it accurate to say it would be the exclusive variety? You know, I'm not going to get into any of the details of the contract and franchising and that type of thing. Right. Our goal is to get it done with Dak and I know he wants to be here, and we want him to be here long term. And you know, he's our guy. Uh, you know, we've got nothing but the highest regards for him, and we want to get the deal done. And Stephen Jones said that he was surprised they didn't get a deal done back in September, and they haven't had talks since September. Yeah, he was. It was just kind of like. Um, you know, one of my ex-girlfriends. I mean, you know, she didn't call me. I didn't call her. And then all of a sudden, I'm married to somebody else. So, you know, it is. That's how it happened. How happen? But that's not going to happen with that. <laughs> wow. Stephen is, Stephen is quick to point out, Dak's not going to another girlfriend. Okay. And then, and then the other key the other key thing we have to be aware of is they've pushed back when you can start with the franchise tag from today till Thursday, which pushes the end from the March 10th to the 12th. Okay. So they've pushed it back, hoping that this whole thing gets settled, be, uh, hopefully, before that. So it's just because the tag starts on the 27th doesn't mean you've got to give it to them on the 27th. you still got however many more days. Until March 12th. Well, let's, let's look at all so the other another the 14 days. contract negotiations. I mean, the importance of this contract negotiation. Have you ever heard that type of a response in regards to why we didn't get it done? Like, well, we just didn't call them. They didn't just call us. It's like the sense of urgency just left. Well, and because there's no deadline. And I've always mm-hmm. realized in these negotiations, if there's a deadline, then it gets done, like a real deadline, not an artificial deadline. And Stephen, I don't know if the guys have the, the bite or not, when Stephen talked about uh, why it didn't get done. If you guys have it, it was about, uh, I think they were pretty entrenched. Um, and if you guys got it, you can play it. Otherwise, I'll read it to you. Well, go ahead. Doug. No, 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 <laughs> no. Stephen said they were pretty entrenched with their thoughts, and we were pretty entrenched with our thoughts. You know why they were so entrenched with their thoughts? Because Dak knew he was going to have a great season. He, 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 he knew he was going to put up numbers. He had knowledge about this Cowboys offense that none of us had. 
going into the season. It was the 23rd-ranked pass offense in the league the previous year. We, If anyone would have said, this is going to be the number one or two-ranked pass offense in the league, we would have said, you're crazy. It's right. not going to happen. He knew what was being implemented and what how they were going to attack things as far as this offense goes this year, and he knew the money's not going down. Yeah, that's it, and the, the only risk he had was getting hurt. His yeah. best friend at that time was Kellen Moore. That's right. He knew. That's right. That he, hey, yeah. how, well, he had the information. Like, yeah, I yeah. got you, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, wink that, and nudge. That kind of to me though, that gives you an indication of what they were asking for, which was not in line of obviously what the Cowboys were offering. And the key thing in this whole thing, when I hear people say, well, just get it done. What are you waiting on? You know you got to pay them. two to tango. We don't know what they're asking <laughs> right. for. Right. They could be asking for $50 million a year. Well, there's a lot of rumors out there, yeah, and that's right? when it starts getting and a little dicey as well. Right. So until you know, we kind of know where the Cowboys are at. Mm-hmm. Probably somewhere close to $30 million a year in the regular package, not the guaranteed, because yeah. these other guys didn't get guaranteed $30 million a year. So... And what what they're asking, we don't know. Now, would there be two schools of thought? One being from Dak saying that, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo two years ago was the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. And then now that's the not even the 10th highest paid uh, as amongst his peers. And so knowing that after the other looming contracts that we have from Patrick Mahomes and other guys in the league, that two years from now, he may his contract may not even be top five, top in the NFL, and he doesn't have another opportunity to negotiate until right now. So all of his value is in what he stands for right now at this point. Yeah, but that's life in 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 the United States, right? You know, when you, you look, get when paid you look at today, somebody's going to get paid more than you tomorrow. When, when you look at quarterbacks versus other positions, they have more opportunities to get that big contract. You know, I think Dak. When you look at it, even if you look at his career, let's just say it goes, say, maybe 13 years or whatever, he's still got a chance to get two more big contracts. Uh-huh. Let me give you a, a, a great saying, and it came from Pat Summerall several years ago. We were at lunch together in our little lunch group, and I was trying to explain to him why Greg Ellis was unhappy with his contract because <laughs> he signed like a seven-year deal, which no one did back then, and then all of a sudden – the contracts exploded, the cap went up, and now he's not happy totally with those underpaid. last two or three years, and he's totally underpaid. And I said, yeah, poor poor Greg, he came along too soon. And Summerall, <laughs> in his deep voice, goes, we all came around too soon. <laughs> Absolutely. So what, how do you feel about, you know, Cowboy alumni, you know, that are saying that, hey, take the deal from, say, Emmett Smith. I want to get to that. Yeah, I want to hear Spags well, talk about that, em, 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 Emmett, Emmett must have had a too many hits to his head. If Tony Dorsett would have said that about yeah. Emmett Smith when he was going through his contract stuff. Well, he, he brought up. Uh, instances and examples to where he tried to boost his case. He talked about, you know, certain players that were deferring money, the backloading that we were talking about early in the in the show. See the difference then. That was '93, and there was no salary cap. Yeah. So he, he could difference. argue for any money he wanted, and and it was Jerry's money. Now it's Dallas Cowboys' money, and and I think there's a difference. Uh, so, his, so Emmett won't be invited to the to the negotiation. Well, think about to, this to contract signing party. Emmett, huh? Emmett, Emmett <laughs> didn't sign contracts twice, right? 
I'm not going to say because he hates it when you call it a holdout. He was without a contract. He was not there for two games. Right. I call that a holdout. Yeah. Yeah. Hold what is that? Because right. he said was, I didn't have he, a contract. What was it? Uh, he was pregnant? I mean, and, come on. and then his rookie year, he showed up the Tuesday before the season opener trying to get a contract. So, yeah, he went through it twice. He did. You know, uh, Heckma, is your example of Garoppolo – Two years ago, average salary twenty seven point five million dollars, and now here we are two years later, and everyone's talking about oh, well, Patrick Mahomes is going to get forty million. You know what? Patrick Mahomes waits a little bit longer, mm-hmm. and it's going to be forty five million. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing yeah. for Dak. I mean, Dak understands his value is right now, and so that's why I don't believe that he's acquiescing to the pressure that's being applied because he understands if he caves now, he may not have another opportunity to do this in his prime. And so, looking at the numbers that are coming, that's look. He, he well, has, what's caving? Well, I mean, caving to me is taking a $28, $30 million deal. That okay, would be caving. So As opposed to when you could get exactly. 35 When plus. Garoppolo signed his contract, the average guarantee of the contract was $15 million. $15 million, all right. right? So when you look at what the guarantees are, they're different than what the total package mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Because most of these guys, like Goff and Wentz, the 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 team on the guarantee part now they would lose some dead money but they could get out of those contracts after 3 years they could get out if they right. failed now do you want that contract or do you want a guarantee over the course like um Kirk Cousins got. Yeah. It was three years, $84 million. That's okay. the, the bigger thing okay. is the yeah. guaranteed money. But guaranteed. three years, $84 million averages $28 million a year. So do you want his contract or is that not enough? So when we're talking about the guarantee, it's different than the total package. Mm-hmm. And I think people need to understand that. All right. Everson, do you remember when you were at the Combine what your hand size was? <laughs> Man, I saw that. You know what? Did you go Let's to the combine? We're gonna, when we come we're back come here back. on Talking Cowboys, go. I've got the tape measure out. We're right. measuring hands. You're when not we touching come back. my hand. Yeah, let's measure your hands, Mick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay. 
Hey, what's not too far? Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score September 2019. Back to Talking Cowboys. He's been exposed. You are looking live. The Ford Center. Frisco, Texas. We've got boxing coming up. Yes. We've got a boxing press conference coming up. In a little while. And then a weigh-in on Friday. A weigh-in on Friday. It's Mikey Garcia versus Jesse Vargas. Boxing. Ford Center. Anything on the line in that fight? There would be, but I'd have to be able to read this press release. <laughs> Come on. My eyes aren't good enough to see it. Uh, no, it's just Mikey Garcia versus Jesse Vargas. That's what it is. Yep, that's what it is. As soon as I get down in the press release, I'll tell you more about it. All right. We are told, Chris Beam says, WBC what? Diamond, Diamond Belt. Diamond Belt. I don't know what that, that is. Well, okay. That doesn't that, sound like a championship. It's just WBC, right? I mean, yeah. that's all it's saying. WBC. The they got to the make it important, so yeah. the Diamond now Belt is diamond. important. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Y'all watch that fight Saturday? Did. Mm-hmm. I did. I did not. You paid the money, Mayor Mickey? $10. You paid 10 of the 80 yeah. You had seven of your friends there helping Could, pay? Couldn't sit. No, I couldn't sit on my couch. I had to go somewhere, but I oh, saw it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it, right. was, it was a great fight. Me and about 250 of my friends in the place. Yeah. Mm. Your friends? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows your name? That's right. <laughs> yeah. I was in uh, Atlanta at the uh, Black College Hall of Fame, so I, I didn't get a chance to watch it. There's... Hanging out, hanging out with Hammer and Hank. Oh, Aaron. that's right. Yes, that's right. Sir. How Thank was you. that? Oh, it was, you know, I do it all the time. No big uh-huh. deal. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I do it all the time. No big deal. Well, 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 that's Hank. all right. You know, me and Hank, we'll get away. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I Hank, saw I'm, that picture. He's Hank, I'm Hank. You know, that's yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I thought I thought uh, Fury looked like a, a bigger and badder Broadus. <laughs> Oh, come on. A lot better. Come on. Uh, and a lot bigger. No, you Six, nine, 273, shaved head. He gained He weight. didn't look anything weight. like Brian Broaddus. I thought he mean? did. The Gypsy King. <laughs> Do you That's, think Tyson Fury looks like Brian Broaddus? I don't. Uh, but, you know. <laughs> he reminded me of him. I don't know from. I don't know where he got that from. Mickey's got this larger-than-life uh, image of, um, of Brian Broaddus in his head. Yeah. Okay. He's got right. a big head, right? <laughs> it's just, wow. That's all you're going by, just the size of the head? And, he's, and, and they're both white as white can be. <laughs> well, I can't argue he's, that point, right? Nope. Skin. No, and he pulled it off. I mean, Fury, man, for, for seven rounds— he put it on. He put it on my guy. Do you think? Okay, everyone keeps talking about how good the how well he fought, and of mm-hmm. course, he, his strategy worked perfectly. But do you think the the yes. ear situation? If you if you clearly ever, just if you've ever played sports before with one ear, you know. No, it, I had a dude slap me in my ear yeah. one time. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> it's a difference I'm maker, die. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. imagine going seven rounds with one ear. So that ear, his equilibrium is gone. The ear. Bled the entire time. Yes. It came from inside. Yes, so it I'm did. thinking Tyson was licking the blood. Oh, that was so nasty. <laughs> I'm thinking his equilibrium was off. And Heckman, you tell me if I'm wrong, but not only did he get knocked down those two times, he lost his balance a couple yeah, times. He did. Yeah. And just his, le- fell. his legs, his yeah. legs didn't look like they were there. It right. seemed like uh, when he all. hit him, it, it it's almost like he was 
just ready to fall or just that's why I there watched was the no fighting resistance again. at all from the blows. They weren't that they didn't seem to be that powerful. And I was really happy that his his corner uh, you know, threw in the towel because he was in danger if it went any further. You know, and a lot of guys, I guess in this whole macho world that we live in, they talk about going out on the shield and nobody <laughs> wants to watch someone die in the ring. And no. I, I was that's, really happy that's that, what that the they guys say that don't box. Yeah. yeah well, he said that. That's what that's what Deontay Wilder said. I'm I hate that they didn't let me go out on my shield and I'm like, "Man, you would have went out on your gurney mm-hmm. if if they didn't call and, it." And, and they they talked about his his corner uh, Breland. Yeah. Uh, Thank God fighter. for him. Uh, he, he saw what it. It's he, about exactly. Yeah, he so saw it and said, "Man, you exactly. can't, you can't when stay I, in here anymore." When he, when he stopped the fight, I thought the referee stopped it, and I was going, "What?" And then it's like, "Oh, the corner yeah. did because yeah. he wasn't defending." He himself. threw he threw the towel in. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm measuring my hand. That's what what's going on at the combine right now. Okay, all the these things matter. These are, things matter, don't they? And do hand does hand size matter? Ever it so? does not. It does not it matter. Does not. Give me that no, thing. It does All right, not. Heckma. Here, I brought a tape measure <laughs> yeah. from home. Heckma, I want you to measure Everson Wall's this hand. This is my good hand. That's mm-hmm. your pinky. We're gonna, we're gonna That's your left hand there. Pinky. You go from the pinky to the thumb. We're at a nine over here. Hey, he's got larger hands than that. I've always thought Everson, he had so many interceptions, you had to have – 11-inch hands. You do not have to have big hands. All you have to do is have good eyes. So Joe Burrow That's should it. not – no one should be concerned about Joe Burrow's well, I'm not throwing the hands. ball. I'm <laughs> not throwing the ball. I'm catching the ball. Now, of course, it would be great to have Drew Pierce's hands, you know, just huge, long, and like like spider webs or whatever. Be be nice to have like a, a Harold Carmichael hands. I saw him this past weekend. Mm-hmm. But I just had these. That's why most of the time I was going up with two hands, you know. But you got to be able to – I'd be able to judge it. If you can't judge it, then it doesn't matter how big your hands mm-hmm. are. You can't. You know, I'm sure Byron Jones' hands are, are bigger than mine. How many picks does he have? Oh, he is. Shots fired. I'm just saying. Wow. I'm just saying. Which I'm is another saying. contract we did. That's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's pretty good, Evan. And by the way, the Combine has a slightly different schedule this year. They're they're leaning it towards a prime time coverage rather than the middle of the day. How much do y'all get into watching the Combine? Love it. I watch it, it every depends. year. It depends on the position, I think. I'll, he probably likes to watch DBs. the big guys. You're watching DBs. Yeah, I'm watching the more agile players. He probably likes to watch I watch the big them all. Guys. I mean, I really enjoy seeing those guys Lumber that I've followed in college court. and get see them get this opportunity. So, and then especially the 40 times, really interested in those and like linebacker shuttle drills, you know, receiving drills, just seeing guys. Yeah, the shuttle is, is, is to me more exciting than all. Yeah, that. I love yeah. it. I love I love seeing and just seeing those guys that you've projected to go high and see how they actually do in some of those uh, drills. And that when they you run. start talking about these drills, the 40 times. I always thought, why is, does that tell me how good I am? Why is that a, a, a barometer on how good I am? What was your 40-time? 4-7 on a bad day. 4-6 mm-hmm. on a good day. That's if I'm with the wind. With the bad <laughs> With the wind. <laughs> you were, okay, when did the combine start? Uh, I don't know. Before me. Uh, before me. It would, okay, so but, but to me, you, to me, you, did, you, you didn't get an invite to the combine. Oh heck no! I was. Yeah, I, I, only had, I only had eleven interceptions my senior year. I guess mm-hmm. that doesn't qualify. That's yeah, right. That's, that's right. the way it is. But no, when you start talking about the drills, forty not time to me. I don't think that's a good way to show how good you are. The shuttle time mm-hmm. to me that really shows what the athlete. So did they do is. a shuttle back then? They did a shuttle back then, but they, did, what they your didn't do it for me. Was? They didn't okay. do it for me, but okay. they, they do a shuttle back then. You know, they've added some new drills. 
now that the guys actually do drills uh, in practice. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you remember, and I don't know how to describe it, the uh, defensive linemen, they line up those blocking dummies, and yeah. they have to run in and out of them, yeah. smack yeah. them, Absolutely. go around yeah. them. Yeah. They've added that drill, and they're going to tie Yeah, because that. they want to see how guys, as far as their Maneuver. ankles and their, and their, and their yeah. hips, can I get around That's this right. thing, Absolutely. slap it, go on to the next one, slap it, go on to the next one. And so, so they're added, timing it now. They're timing it. They're adding that drill. So I was reading how they've added several drills more applicable to what happens in practice Absolutely. than than what they've then been doing. Then a guy doing. going at you know, 225 and bench press 35 times, you know, and it's like, oh my God, it's Scott Strong. He's going to the first round. <laughs> so, well, I heard that term in a long time. I like that. I like that. <laughs> well, standing broad drops, 12 feet. Yeah, it's outstanding. I mean, this, those are Byron Jones. But yeah. So what Byron was your Jones. what was your standing? Standing broad jump. I, don't I think, think Byron's I got, got you on that. Oh, I bet he did. He got me on all of that. No, I think I may have gotten around nine, something like that. It wasn't amazing. My thing was this: I was a basketball player, mm-hmm. and so you talk about the shuttle and things that you know. We, we did gassers and in, in, in basketball practice. I, I loved that. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I looked forward to gassers because I was good at it. Mm-hmm. You know, just running the lines. And to me, that shows the agility that you need, the footwork that you're going to need. To me, it's a it's a drill that really shows all in one what kind of athlete you're looking at. You know, having your hands, you know, not figuring that not figuring that into the equation, but just the ability to use your body to see how a person exactly. moves. I can evaluate a person running a shuttle better than I can running a four. So you think you would have had a sub four second twenty yard shuttle? No, I, I know I would have. Mm-hmm. I was very good. Anytime after practice, I was I was in shape. I was always in shape. I was always in shape more than anyone on the team. Dips. Uh, uh, the, the medicine ball we used to do, me and Dennis Thurman did so many, it was no big deal. So when you evaluate and, when you evaluate a DB, so the short shuttle is something you would look at, That's whatever what their short shuttle at. time. Yes, That's we're talking about at. change of direction. So we're talking four, about the hip shuttle. movement. Okay, those are the things that matter to a defensive yeah. back. Yeah, how quickly do you go from one point to the other, not how fast. Okay, mm-hmm. quickness is one thing. Fast is another thing. So I, I always liked the quickness more, and that's how I made my living. What about your quickness. vertical? Vertical was good. <laughs> vertical, vertical was good. I had 33. Now, back then, that was good. 33 was all I needed. Mm-hmm. And my arms are long, so everything compensates for the other, in, in my mind, anyway. Now, this with the new uh, and with the by, new By coaches. the way, Byron Jones had a 44-and-a-half vertical. Oh, yeah. Wow. So. I mean, he's jumping out. He's jumping out of the gym. Days, I remember Ron Springs' son, Sean Springs. Uh-huh. It was something ridiculous, that's, like oh, 37, 36. That was, to me, that was ridiculous at the time. Thirty-eight at that time. All right, I've got, these days. I've got Byron Jones' numbers called up here. Okay, six one one ninety nine. Okay, ten inch hands, forty four and a half vertical. And that broad jump was 12 feet, wasn't it? That's what I thought. Yeah. 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 It was, he, it he, was he, a record. He outdistanced everyone by nine inches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, his cone, his cone <laughs> drill was 6.78. Okay. And his short shuttle was 394. Yeah. That's good. That's Amazing. impressive. Mm-hmm. That is, uh, well, yeah, he was, he was the darling yeah. of, of the combine. That's, That's why he can cover. Well, Mickey, I was going to ask you as far as the new coaching staff being at the Combine and evaluating players, and we're still kind of in that mode where we're trying to guess exactly what the team is looking for. Obviously, there are a lot of holes on the defensive side. What I mean, what if all of, of amongst the players that you've probably evaluated do you believe is just number one on the list as far as this new coaching staff down in Indy? 
Well, I think that's what the the coaching staff. I, I thought this was interesting, and Stephen pointed it out. Uh, the coaching staff and the scouts, along with the front office guys, have been getting together so the scouts understand what the coaches want. And, and the last thing you want to do is draft a guy, and then the coach gets him and goes, "He doesn't fit in my system." Right, right. So what they're working on right now is trying to figure out what 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 does the defensive line coach want compared to what Marinelli wanted? Or what does the secondary coach want uh, compared to what Chris Richard wanted? And, and I think they're trying to get uh, a consensus on that type of stuff before they get to the point where you're talking about it's like, okay, let's have this guy mm-hmm. or let's take that guy. But I think Steven repeatedly said that this has to be a very defensive, heavy offseason off for the Cowboys that they've got to repair the defense. And I think he's absolutely right. Unless, uh, that's what we said in here right? last week. He must no have been listening it. to us, right? <laughs> he must have. I mean, think about it. Think and so about, do you, are you thinking in terms of free agency or the draft? Uh, both? All, all both. of it. Yeah. Resigning, free agency, it's, it's, it's draft. So, so many issues with it. You got to look at all options. Uh, you you can't just you know say well, you got to go free agency, but and because you have to, but you can't just say free agency because now they you got to sign some young players. Defense in the draft out. last year, their second round pick yeah. was a defensive player, How'd right? That turnout, yeah, which <laughs> is my point. But which is, and you take care of that stuff in free agency. They and have in the draft. You're taking the best player you can get your hands. They on. have enough needs. They have enough needs mm-hmm. that they can do that, and you wouldn't say, well, why did you do that? Because I think, if you think about it, after Dak and Amari, okay, now what's next? What position do you have to worry about? To me, it's cornerback and defensive end. Right, defensive end. I've always said safety. I've always said safety. See, and you're a safety safety guy. To me, safety's down the list Mm -hmm. because if my corners are covering, they make the safety better. All right, so does this team need a draft pick safety or do they need a veteran safety? Good question. And I was just thinking about that. To me, I would love to have a nice free agent safety with experience that can adapt to any situation. And then how much money are you willing to invest in that? I'm going to invest good money into that. But Because but, this guy is going to be the one that anchors my, my secondary. And, and is he a uh, – what skills do you want that person to have as range. far as center field skills? Range. Okay. He's got to have – we had no range in our secondary. We looked at. We always talk about the Jets game. I'm, I'm sorry, Spags. I didn't mean to bring that up again. But the Jets game itself, the uh, stutter go uh, on uh, uh, Wuzier. He should. He should have still made that play. He still should have made that play. You need someone that's. It's not just the range. Range comes with anticipation. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're. You've. You've already diagnosed what's going to happen. You don't react. You've already anticipated that it's going to happen. So you should know that I've got only so many options out here, and I need to take a, a, a quick mental note, quick mental note on where that's going to be, and that way my steps are quicker. To me, my, your, your feet uh, follow your brain. So if you recognize it, then your feet are going to follow in turn. 
And he, he, he recognized it too slowly. So, so just read and react, basically. Read and react. Yeah. But, but once again, you still have to have the range to get there once you But well, what do you think about the guys that the safeties that they have? The guy, Xavier McKinley, uh, McKinney, Woods. the safety. Xavier Woods. No, no, no. I'm talking about the safety. Oh, you're talking about. In the draft. Oh, in the draft. draft. Yeah, the guy from, Al- you know, from Alabama. And but then is, he a, is he a free or is he a box? He's a free. I mean, this, right. this it is. It better be a free. I don't want to spend money on a guy that's playing five yards so, from the line so of basically Basically, the conventional wisdom has always said, you know, look, let's take the best guy that's on the board. But the Cowboys can't afford if there's a, a great tight end that comes down to that area or, let's say, a receiver. Do you draft a receiver in the first round when you know that the needs that you have are God, on defense and there's a guy there? So everyone's saying, you know, hey, let's but, take the best guy that's on your floor. But you don't know what your needs are now. Who doesn't know what their needs are? Because you don't know what's going to happen in free agency. We don't, we don't know whether what's happened with Cooper yet. So, all right, so hypothetically, let's let's let's. What if you don't it, get Cobb back? Mm-hmm. What if I, I saw a mock draft today that gave him CD Lamb? So what happens is in a lot of teams when you Ooh, when you reach that up. I the thing you is when you studs in college, when you reach you pay. <laughs> hard to pass you, when you reach you pay, and if you and, and if the defense, if you're not able to that's get why those guys, you take care of those things as best you can. In but free if you can't agency. get the guys, if you can't get the guys right now, and mm-hmm. then it comes down late in the season, and you hadn't made you hadn't filled those gaps, and then you pay for it later. You can't take a guy with your first round knowing that you're going to have needs on the defense. If mm-hmm. like you said, okay. you don't get those those what guys. What if you signed. take Taco Charlton with your pick in the first? First round. Well, that you didn't you work took out. De- you took defense, and, and you could have taken an offensive. Well, that's player why you don't reach again. That's why you yeah. don't reach on a player that maybe doesn't fit your scheme. That's why the synergy I, I mentioned last week has to be there. That's you why, have to know what guy you're taking. That's why they took Taco because he fit right. Yeah, and T.J. Watt didn't fit. Well, look. All right. Well, let's say this. He fit in the pro. All right. Though. So we took we took Bob, we took Bobby Carpenter uh-huh. over Terrell Suggs. Uh-huh. I think you know hindsight is always twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about right now mm-hmm. of exactly what we need, and we know we need a safety. We know we need a defensive end. But tell me this: Does the safety get to make all the difference in the world more so than a pass rushing defensive end? And now, to me, that's when you have to figure out what your system. Is and we don't know what if that it, system if is. If it's a uh, if it's pass rush, uh, you know, heavy, then yeah, that's what you want. I don't know what what Mike Nolan's uh, right. philosophy is uh, when it comes to pass rush. I know he loves to blitz, and I know he loves active linebackers as I, we do. I, I, let me give you an example in in the draft. Taco Charlton in the first round, defensive end. Cowboys needed a defensive end. Okay, we needed a defensive end. Okay, well they took Taco Charlton. Okay. Juju Smith-Schuster is sitting there. He went second round, okay? Cheeto went one pick ahead of Juju Smith-Schuster, okay? We didn't need a wide receiver, so we're not taking Juju. Well, a year later, we needed a wide receiver. Dez isn't on the team anymore. And we're sitting there going, okay, we got to trade for Amari Cooper now mm-hmm. in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. We could have taken Juju Smith-Schuster, but at the time of the draft, we're sitting there going, we don't need a wide receiver. We got Des Bryant. Why do we need a wide receiver? We got to take a defensive end. It changes so quickly in this league. That was I mean, kind of, you can go. That was an extremely unique situation. No, but you can go year after year after year. And every and, team, and every I mean, team go can back dissect to 2008, the draft that way. Okay, the Packers take Jordy Nelson. What the and and uh, or oh eight or oh nine, whichever year that was, and it was oh eight because the Cowboys had two first round draft picks, took Mike Jenkins and Felix Jones. Okay, Jordy Nelson went in the second round. Well, the Cowboys are sitting there going, 
We don't need a wide receiver. We don't need a wide. They wind up trading for Roy Williams and giving up another first round pick because they didn't. They went for need rather than the like, best player available. Right. You know, and it it's so, so if Tua, often. If Tua falls to seventeen, let's just say something happens with the medical report and Tua falls to seventeen, do you take Tua? Because he's the best. It. Somebody will want him, and I'll trade down. <laughs> but I'm saying, I mean, yeah. it, I, I mean, mean, all things being equal, well, that, you ask, quarterbacks aren't equal. No, well, here's the here's the thing. You asked me a question about which would I take a defensive lineman over a safety. I'm obviously going to take a defensive lineman because a DB's best friend is the guys that are Absolutely. in front of him. And so, you know, look, look again. I said conventional wisdom says take the the guy with the highest grade on your board. But you look at what you need versus what you want, and every team can go back over their draft board and say, you know what. Gosh, we missed a great opportunity to get a player, but right now you got to trust the guys that are on the side, other side of the building, yeah, to make but, the right decision. But I, I, I bet you anything that, like in the case of Juju versus Taco, that the majority of people would say Juju Smith-Schuster is a better football player than Taco Charlton today. No, they they would have said that then. I mean, it was it was apparent to me that Ju, you got to take Juju over this guy. Mm. You know, because if you think about when they took Taco, it was like, well, this guy's improving, and in a year or two, he'll be better mm-hmm. than what he is you're, now. You're and on it, the come, and, and it, it never, never happened, came. or yeah. at least not in the system the Cowboys were playing. All right, we're going to take a trip down memory lane mm. 31 years ago today when talking Cowboys continues in a moment. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today in the Stadium Pro Shop or at Stetson.com. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score September 2019. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. So, you're shopping, and that's when you see it. Aisle 23. Dr. Pepper stacked from top to bottom as far as the eye can see. The phrase too good to be true comes to mind, yet there it is. A rich, delicious Dr. Pepper paradise. Wait, did, did that can of Dr. Pepper just open itself for you? They all are. As if to say, so nice to treat you. And even though it feels weird to talk to a can, you pick one up and say, it's so nice to be treated. Dr. Pepper, so nice to treat you. Back to Talking Cowboys. So since we've been talking corners and safeties, what does pick six mean to you guys? Pick six? Something I never had. Well, <laughs> if you go to Jack Black. All those picks and no pick six. No pick no sixes. Well, now here's how you can get your pick six free. You go to Jack Black. 
and you have six free deluxe samples with your $75 purchase. You can pick something like Turbo Wash, Industrial Strength Hand Healer, make your it hands bigger. It heals bigger. your hands. That's right. Pure <laughs> Clean Daily Facial Cleanser, and this one is Bill's favorite. Deep dive glycolic facial cleanser. Wow, so and, just and that's stuff, just before Bill's favorite. I you write this stuff, yeah. bags. He writes his own commercials. That's what it is. That, these words they're coming up just with. Just go to jackblack.com. Deep dive what? Glycolic face cleanser. <laughs> you don't. You don't use it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. That's not even a word, man. I don't know. I'll tell you, it, it's really good yeah. stuff. And guess what? Tonight, 11.59 is the deadline to pick your six. Mm. So it's just like a scrub? Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah, so you did have a pick six. Scrub stuff is good. You yeah, did have one. a pick six. I have one in New York, yeah. Heckman, do you ever have a pick six in your life? I have. Hmm? Yes, sir. I had, you one, in, I had you, one in Dallas, but Ed, Ed messed it up. I had one. One. You messed it up. Man, I, I relive it every day. Give me the details. What happened? <laughs> I was at Lincoln High School at Sprague Stadium against Roosevelt High School. Hey. Yeah. Remember the quarterback? Mike Dean. Mike Dean. What did he end up doing? Mickey, what about your pick six? He went six? to the University of Minnesota. Don't nice. believe nice. I ever had a pick six, Bill. You my know, if you're coming around to me, and I did have a pick six in my life. I think it was... Ten and under Irving YMCA football. I picked off Bill Banowski and took it to the house. Wow, you remember his name? I remember his yeah. name. Now the yeah. question is, when you got to the end zone, could you breathe? <laughs> How long was it? It's like twenty yards. Oh, okay. Twenty yeah. yards. Okay. It was like it, it was like Larry Brown in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I made it to the end zone. Right. So which the quarterback? Which, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Neil O'Donnell was the quarterback. <laughs> yeah, quarterback Asking if good. you could breathe, the XFL needs to rethink this. The dude runs back a kickoff, 90 yeah. yards for a touchdown, and next thing you know, what did you do? Oh, the guy, like, he couldn't breathe. Oh, he was too done. Funny. Golly. That's, that's too why funny. I asked, could you breathe? Because I'm telling you, I could not uh, breathe how far at did you all. Go? I went 60, oh, 60 yards. See, my, yeah. I was 20 Whoa. yards. It was a house call. Nobody yeah. caught you? No. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Everson. You're not Everson Walls, man. Yeah. Come on, man. Out on the and flat. And you're playing corner? No, linebacker. Linebacker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I told you I scored in Dallas, but Ed, Ed screwed it up. I, I, I just looked like I was just so smooth. I looked like Cooper going through there and weaving <laughs> through the offense and boom, into the end zone. And Ed Jones clips a guy. Oh. Like, no, yeah. I'm already like five yards in front no, of the guy. No, getting payback for oh. something. I said you must be getting your butt whipped this game, man. <laughs> for you to just have to do that. I'm already at Spags. He's clipping the guy back here where I am, and uh, we end up losing that game. And I'm, it's so funny. Brad Sham said that that penalty cost us our playoffs in 1987. Whoa. Because we lost that game against the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a Sunday night game, I believe. And we once we lost that game, that took us out of position, uh, and we were desperate after that in 1986. And that, you know what that led to? That led to February 25th, 1989. <laughs> 31 years <laughs> ago right. today, Chris Beam. <laughs> Very difficult meeting. Uh, it's very, very uh, sad. It's tough when you break a relationship that we've had for 29 years. I just want to say this. 
There is no substitute for winning. I know that's a cliche, but we must win. We will win. Win is the name of the game. A man that is going to be with the Cowboys is Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy's on his way back to Miami. He's going to come back up here, and he's going to give everything in the heart and soul of Jimmy Johnson. This is a new generation. But there it was, 31 years ago. Mickey, you were there? I was there. Were you there? I was in San Antonio. I was working in San Antonio at the time. I was mm. sitting in that room listening to that, and when we were done writing, I remember this as clear as day, uh, Tex invited us into his office, said, hey, when you come by, come have a beer. And I remember sitting on the floor, and it was like, you know how you go to – kind of a funeral, mm-hmm. and then afterwards when the ceremony's over, you kind of gather with the your friends. The repass. The <laughs> and you just And we were just reminiscing, and it, it, it was like it was a, a funeral for Tex, because he knew he was done. You could done. see it. Oh, that yeah. was that. He knew he was out the door. You and could feel that even, even in this room. We were all sitting there, and uh, I remember it was kind of somber, and Frank Lux, a steam writer for the Times-Herald at that time, it was his birthday. Uh, February 25th, Hall matter of fact, as well, right? matter of fact, he would have turned 84 today. Mm. He passed oh, really? away at 77. Uh, I remember he got up and he goes, well, go home. It's almost, My birthday's almost over. Henrietta's waiting for me. That was his <laughs> wife. <laughs> so what and, time did the press conference have? At 8 o'clock or so? It was late because Jerry had gone to Austin to give Coach Landry the news yeah, on the golf it, course it in Austin. Yeah, it had to be like... Uh, early evening, six, seven. Because I want to say that the uh, the meeting at the golf course in Austin was late afternoon. Because so I, I was monitoring it, was it in, in San Antonio, and it was dark by the time the press conference happened. Well, so when we been... went into Texas office, it was late because we had already finished writing and hit our deadlines when papers actually had deadlines that allowed you to get breaking news instead of saying, go to the website and read the rest of the story, right? So, yeah, I, I remember that as clear as day, as clear as day. Yeah, I think about that that whole event. You see how sad Texas was mm-hmm. well, you could, you could, I could feel that in this room here. Mm-hmm. Um, I always thought that they were a victim of their own demise in that regard, and I always look back to 1987. That strike, the strike year, it killed our team. It really did. It killed our team. You know, Either not that just, or that interception he got called back. Yes, <laughs> one or the other. <laughs> I think it. Uh, you you saw it at that time. Uh, they were very ingenious with the scab games and things of that nature, replacement players and all of that. And what it did here, uh, the the locker room and just the organization eroded from that point. Uh, you look at uh, you look at how the Cowboys handled the strike versus how the Redskins handled the strike. Yeah. Uh, Joe Gibbs refused to allow his players to piecemeal their way in or out. Either you all the way in or all the way out, you know, and they all stuck together as a unit. And I think that did a lot for that organization. And and when you saw what happened with us, 87, you know, after you saw Dorsett and Randy White, Doug Cosby, all these guys playing within the scab games. And uh, I just thought it, it, it just erased any type of confidence that not just the players had in the organization. There was always players versus management. 
But to me, this eroded the locker room itself. And a lot of it was because of the way their contracts were structured. They were told they had to go in because they had they knew annuities. Better. Don't spags. Come on. I they know, knew better because I had that's the same what contract. They said, and you they, didn't. No, they chose that. Let's, don't get me mad now. Mm-hmm. They chose that excuse. Right. I know. Yeah, I know. They chose that excuse. And, and then, we all had and, the same annuities. And Danny White was in the same situation. Right. And then it kind of forced the It was Danny hand. too tall. Randy. Dorset, yeah, uh, Cosby, I, 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 all, and they're all the guys. These are the guys in the locker room, and, and they played them. They played. <laughs> they. It played was one them. thing to say they had so, to go in, yes. but they played them. And so when when and and Coach Landry, he was complicit. I mean, yeah, he should have known better. He should have known better. But at that time, he was also, and he always said he wasn't, but he was also management. He was the three headed. You know, leadership at that time. Do you time. remember the day when Tex came out and argued with you guys? You guys were on the picket line and, and uh, by the parking lot there, and Tex came out and argued with you guys. It was like, he, this isn't getting anywhere. He was motivated. He oh, was, yeah. He was a little motivated. Oh, he was sure motivated. He was. he was motivated. Yeah. Was. Well, you know, and then the next year, you don't have a quarterback. Yeah. Steve Pelora. Yeah. 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 It was crazy. It was crazy. Danny it just, got, it just right. got worse and worse from there. So when you see Tex, how sad he was. That was a culmination of a lot of different events that pretty much he put in place, as far as I'm concerned. He was the he was the the, the designer of the the, the scab games, he, uh, the replacement teams. That was replacement players. That was all his idea. He, it was it was right there at, at, at Valley Ranch where they came up with that whole. Here's crap. the other thing that happened in the '80s: Rod Hill, 1982. Mm-hmm. Now Jeff Coat was a good pick Kentucky in '83. Kentucky State. Yeah, uh, yep. Billy Cannon. Billy Cannon in 84. Was Kevin, Kevin Brooks Remember he hurt in 85. He never so Just, you guys do realize I'm in the hot tub time machine right now, right? 80, yes, 80, yes, right? Yes, thank Mike, you, guys. Mike Gerard <laughs> in 86. <laughs> Two broken legs. Danny Noonan in 87. And right. then they came back career. in 1988 and came up with Michael Irvin followed by Ken Norton. But you have drafts like that throughout the 80s. Michael Irvin was hurt almost his entire that, rookie year. That's right. right. Yeah, he you came back last ACL. game and toasted Dale Green for almost 200 yards. There you go. And we said, There's that's a Hall that of Famer. guy. That's yeah. our guy. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. But you have drafts like that, which gets us back to this week at so, the Combine. So wait, let me do one more thing. All so right. the last person in that picture was Bum Bright, who, yeah. who was the owner then. So he bought the team. Um, was it end of 83? It was before Clint Murkison. Let's say it was 83. Away. Let's go ahead and say okay. that. Okay. So I Let's saw this. You got, the tr- you got the Trump quote? <laughs> this quote right That's here, awesome. January 1st, 1984 in the New York Times. Right. I feel sorry for the poor guy who is going to buy the Dallas Cowboys. It's a no-win situation for him because if he wins, well, so what? They've won through the years. And if he loses, which seems likely because they're having troubles, he'll be known to the world as a loser. Donald J. Trump. This is coming from a guy that won $3 in the settlement with the USFL, That's right? That's right. Yeah. $3 settlement. Yeah. See how that works yeah. out. Yeah. 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 January What's he doing 1st. today? Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, that does it for this edition of Talking Cowboys. And we will talk at you again next week with our Combine Reviews. Heckma, get on that. Homework. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?